1: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just eight ninety seven at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hello and welcome to another
4: episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about each and every week, of course, we talk about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing uh, right before our very eyes. We're living through a period of history that's going to be talked about for millennia to come. Uh, mostly probably people scratching their heads saying, what the heck were they thinking? Uh, But here we are living through it as the world is swinging from a world of centralization and we'll go back to a world of decentralization. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And of course, those technologies are Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that are helping to decentralize the world. But the world is decentralizing politically and financially as well. So we look at it through those three lenses. And I try to bring to you each and every week, I try to bring you Some education to help you see the world a little bit differently. Um, If you don't understand at a deeper level really what's going on, then you're just missing this whole thing and you don't know what to do. I try to bring to you some of the latest breaking news each and every week so you're up to date on what's going on and some interesting guests each and every week. And so we have all of that, but right now I want to dig into some education. And I want to dig into some education so you can understand exactly what's going on when you watch the news. When you hear what uh, you know, watch, watch, read any of your uh, financial publications, news publications, and I want you to understand what's really going on, and so we have to dig a little bit deeper. It's something that we would probably call like a first principles level. Most people don't really think through like a first or second order. Uh, We have to kind of—you've probably heard before where people say, um, "If you really want to get to like what it is you're trying to do or why you're trying to do it, you just like keep asking yourself why seven times. Well, why is that? Well, why is that?" why is that? And so you want to kind of keep getting down deeper and deeper. Most people don't think through the first order. So, for example, um, hey, uh, you know, uh, prices, of, uh, prices of living have gone up really high, and uh, that's really disproportionately affecting the poor people. And so why don't we give them a little bit of stimulus to help? Mm, that sounds pretty good on the surface. Like, let's all help out. Like, I like that. Sounds good. But let's think through the second order of that in the third order, in the fourth order, fifth order. So if we do that, then what happens? Well, one, we have to print a bunch of money we don't have. So that increases the debt. If we do that, then what happens, (laughs) right? Uh, So, and you can keep playing that. I'm not going to dig down that rabbit hole for now, but I want to dig in on something that's going to hopefully help you um, understand what's going on and um, more importantly, help you navigate what's going to go on. So you know what to do with your money and so you don't get wiped out, but instead you keep your head above water. And I think once you understand this, it's all going to become very clear. And um, we're going to title this the inf- that inflation is state-sponsored terrorism. Mm, that's a big word. Now, I'm borrowing this from Jeff Deist. He's the uh, head of the Mises Institute. Um, Check out Mises.org for more info on them. Uh, Basically, it's about the Austrian School of Economics. So there's really two schools of economic theory, and you have the Austrian School of Economics, and you have the Keynesian um, School of Economics. In all of traditional education, all um, colleges, etc., universities that teach economics teach Keynesian economics. They don't teach Austrian. Most likely... Uh, from dozens and dozens and dozens of people that I know who have um, majored in economics at all different universities around the United States. They've all told me that they never even heard of Austrian economics going through university. Um, But these are two, um, again, Austrian and Keynesian. Our whole system is built on Keynesian. Why? Of course, it comes after John Maynard Keynes, which it comes after. after. And uh, everyone teaches that and tells us that's the right way to do it and why it's so important because it justifies the government printing themselves unlimited amounts of money. Whereas Austrian School of Economics is different, whereas they believe in sound money and savings and deploying capital and being efficient, et cetera. So that's the right way, in my opinion, but the government doesn't like that because it would make them have restraint, (laughs) which they don't want. So anyway, uh, check out Mises.org if you wanna learn more about Austrian economics. And it's really based off of uh, Ludwig von Mises wrote the book called Human Action. And it's all about human action. Like, humans act. We act. Like, humans want more order in our lives. I want things to be better. Those things that I want uh, build into my motivations that then cause me to act. It's very simple, right? It sounds simple. But for some reason, the Keynesians don't understand that. They don't believe in human action. So they think that everybody's just a number on a spreadsheet and everybody could be managed very simply like that. And so, for example, well, let's just uh, let's just tax these people at 70% of their wealth and let's give that money to these people. And that'll work out, right? It'll just even out. But they don't take into consideration human action. Whereas, like, well, shoot, if you're going to take 70% of my wealth then I'm probably not going to work that hard, right? That's the motivation piece. That's what they're missing. So anyway, let's dig into this a little bit here. So Americans, uh, not just Americans, the entire world, no matter where you're listening from, we are suffering from massive inflation. That's what we're being told, right? CPI, CPI, CPI is at a new record, 40 year high, 40 year high, 40 year high. Well, it came down a little bit. It got all the way to 9.1, now it's back down to 8.5%, hooray, hooray. (laughs) That doesn't mean prices are coming back down to where they were, that just means they're still going up, just at a little bit of a less rate. So we have this massive inflation, we've been feeling it, we've been feeling the pain, the gas pump, the grocery store, all these things. And, of course, uh, the leaders, the be the politicians, the Federal Reserve, the central bankers, they tell us that it's not a problem, it's not a problem. Oh, it's transitory, it's, it's here temporarily, it's going to go away. But once it became impossible to sell that narrative anymore, once it didn't go away, once people started crying out because the pain at the gas pump and the grocery store was way too high, then the Federal Reserve had to do something about it, the Biden administration, the president, uh, and again, if you're in another country, whatever uh, political party you have, they all have to do something about this inflation. And so they will. And so the Federal Reserve wants to start raising rates, because if they start raising rates, then maybe they could bring down prices. Now, there's a bunch of ways we can talk about this. But I'm gonna try to stay focused a little bit for you guys, and not wander around too much. And so basically, we have this, um, this monetary policy or this monetary regime of inflationism, okay? Now, under the Austrian school of economics, inflation, as Rothbard said, is always a monetary phenomenon. So inflation is when you increase the money supply. When you increase the money supply, it causes all types of things to happen, Um, The prices of all types of goods and services change, and supply chains change, and all these things happen when you increase the money supply. But in today's terms, they consider inflation the cost of goods and services going up, CPI, right? But I I, I put out a tweet a while ago. I said uh, the two greatest tricks that the central bank ever played on us is, one, convincing us that the money supply should always increase, and a lot of people, you hear that right now, and you go, "But market has to, uh, as the population increases, the money supply has to increase, right?" That's the greatest trick. The second greatest trick is that your asset prices going up is a good thing. We're going to break those down. But what I want to tell you is that this is even way more profound than just the price of your groceries or your gas. It's way more profound than your asset prices, your retirement accounts, and your stocks or your real estate. All right. This has profound social, moral, and even lasting civilizational effects. Pretty big. All right. So let's dig into this a little bit. Now, uh, I don't want to go super deep or uh, super far back into history. We're gonna dig. We're gonna dig a little bit into history in a little bit. Um, but I want to kind of frame this up a little bit into something in, in modern day terms. Um, then we'll dig back and we're gonna look at a couple of examples through history. Uh, not too far. We'll go back into the '90s and the 2000s. Uh, not too far away. And then we're going to explain exactly what these policies are, what that actually means for you and for your life, uh, for your offspring. And I'm going to dig into, like I said, even what this is doing in a society level. Now, if you can understand this at this first principles level, everything you see on the news from the White House press secretary to uh, Biden reading off the teleprompter to uh, the Federal Reserve talking or the ECB or whatever country in it's all. Going to make sense. You don't want to miss this. Uh, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, moving from centralization to decentralization. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And we're really digging into the finance piece today because that's on, on everyone's minds. And again, if you understand this at the level I'm going to break it down for you, then you're going to understand everything that's going on and how you should survive. I'm going to give you the game plan and what you should do to navigate this. So don't go away. I'm going to be back with that and more in a minute. It's a big show. I'll be back.
1: Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn,
3: the place to be to be.
4: All right, welcome back. You are still listening, or if you're just joining in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing right before our very eyes, and we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And today, uh, and I look at it through those lenses because all three of those are rapidly changing. Today, we're talking about the finance side of things, and it's something that's near and dear to everybody's heart, but most people have no idea what it even is. And so the thing that I'm talking about is uh, inflation, uh, as defined in today's terms of the price of goods and services going up, everybody's feeling that. All right, but let's just go back a couple years ago. So remember, like 2019, before the pandemic broke out before all that stuff happened, um, seemed like everything was going great, right? Like uh, the US economy was booming, the stock markets were making all time highs. um, Everybody was happy. Well, not everybody, right? You remember, there was a whole group of people, they were like the never Trumpers, and they're going to move out of the country. And so, uh, there was all this angst built up in the system, but it was kind of going okay, right? I mean, the economy was kind of good. We were, we were, we we're all making money, but we were already getting to the point where people were kind of at each other's throats. Now, um, if you think that America was divided then, uh, Dr. Bob Murphy, he's uh, also with the Mises Institute, he said in 2019, if you think America's divided now, what do you think would happen if the economy was terrible? like we had another crash in 2008. Well, we're finding out right now. <laughs> we're about to find out right now. Imagine living in some of these countries in emerging markets today. We saw Sri Lanka blow up, Lebanon blow up. We saw Turkey blow up, Venezuela, Argentina, Peru, Ecuador. It's happening all around the world. Imagine living there. We see, no, well, you don't see it on mainstream media, but if you jump onto Twitter, you'll see each of these countries I just named have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in the streets protesting because it is bad news today. And so um, that's an extreme case. And sometimes you need that extreme case to understand this. But we're talking about this inflationism as a policy. All right. Now, in today's terms, um, the government has to continue to create this inflationism, this expansion, of the money supply, because we have to, we, we don't bring in enough tax revenue to exceed to meet or exceed the spending of the government. So now we have deficit spending. So every year, They have to borrow money or print money just to continue spending. We have this deliberate credit expansion on a national scale. Uh, You know, we have, uh, as they create all this extra money, it's created more money chasing the same amount of limited goods and services, which brings the price up, right? But let's just talk about this inflation as a policy, okay? So the first thing is that um, the goal of the Federal Reserve, the goal of the United States, is to have inflation. That's their their main policy. And they want to have 2% inflation. Now, what does that mean? So they want to increase the amount of money every year by 2%. They want prices to go up by 2%. What that means is that your dollars are buying less goods and services every single year. What it means is that you have to work harder and harder and harder. You have to work more hours just to have the same level of living that you had before, all right? Now, that is their target, all right? And they should own that, all right? And now Mises made a quote, the crack-up boom. He says, suddenly, when people realize that inflation is both deliberate and never-ending, it's deliberate. This is their policy, all right? They set out to do that. Now, the policy of inflation, it's engineered. Like I said, their their policy is 2%, but let's say that... uh, we get to 9%, which is where we got. Now, that's just barely a little bit difference. That's like saying, um, you know, uh, a little bit of poisons good for us, but a lot of poisons not. It's basically what that's saying. But let's let's think about what that actually means. All right. so at 10% inflation, in seven years, you'll have lost half of your purchasing power. So if you had $100,000, let's say, let's say that you wanted to buy a house, and you're going to pay cash and you had $100,000 and I was going to pay cash. But you know what? Uh, I'm probably going to go travel for a couple of years. So I'm going to put that money in the bank and then I'm going to come back and buy the house in a couple of years. So in seven years from now, you decide to buy the house. But the problem is that $100,000, you still have the $100,000 in the bank, but today it only buys you $50,000 worth of a house because of the inflation pushing the price of things up so much. Inflation, that's why he's making the case that inflation is nothing less than sanctioned state Terror. Terror. And we should treat it as such. It's criminal. It makes us live in fear. Think about terrorism. It makes us live in fear. And it's not just an economic issue. In fact, it produces deep cultural and social sickness in any society it touches. It makes planning ahead. It makes planning for your business, your own personal um, expenses, your entrepreneurship. It, It makes all that planning, which would, of course, rely on profits, and loss calculations, money prices, way more difficult, it makes it way more risky. And when it's more difficult and risky, we get less of it. So we get less investments, we get less business booming. But also inflation, prices going up or your dollars buying you less and less destroys both existing wealth and future wealth. So that $100,000 I put in my bank, it destroys that and it now only buys me half as much goods. But it also destroys future wealth, Right? It d- diminishes the world that our children, our grandchildren inhabit, and it makes us poor and vulnerable in our senior years. Now, um, just not that long ago, 20 years ago, with a million dollars, most people could probably retire on that because you could put that million dollars, you could earn your seven, eight percent on that pretty consistently, seventy, 000, eighty thousand dollars a year. Most people could live on that. Today, that million dollars doesn't get you anything. Now you need ten million dollars to have the same quality of life that you could have had on $1 million. So it makes us poor and vulnerable in our seniors, it, dis- it, is- it steals and destroys our future. An unspoken truth, inflation also makes us worse people. It degrades us morally. It forces us to choose current consumption over thrift. It makes us live in the present At the expense of the future, which is the exact opposite of what healthy societies do, we should be thinking ahead. Think back to the United States and its founding. You had people coming to the United States, sacrificing their future. I'm sorry, sacrificing their current reality and I guess their future, in exchange to hopefully have a better life for their future generations. Even not that long ago, you know, immigrants come to this country, work 80, 100 hours a week, hopefully that they'll have something better. So that's a long-term thinking. They're making decisions today that would be worse today, but long-term, they hope it will be better. My goal, my renewed goal, is I want to be as healthy as I can, and I want to make sure that I have a sound mind when I'm old. That's like my main concern right now. And so now I'm rethinking all the things I'm doing today because I've set that as my goal. We, uh, I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to put different things in my body, on my body, all those things. And so I need to have that long-term perspective. My relationships, how I treat people today will change based on those long-term perspectives you hear about. Like, don't burn bridges. Well, Why not burn bridges? Well, because at some point in the future, you might need that person again, right? That's long-term thinking. If we have short-term thinking, we're eating junk, we're doing all kinds of things to our body, we're having horrible relationships, we're not saving, we're not building, we're not doing anything. And that's why it's bad, right? It's uh, the very human impulse of saving for a rainy day and maybe hopefully leaving something for your children is ruined because of inflation. Now, uh, you're listening to the Mark Moss show, we're talking a little bit of education, so you can better understand what is going on in the world today, because you hear all these things about this inflation reduction act that the Biden administration just passed through, and you don't really understand. And so I'm breaking all this down for you. I got a lot more to cover when I go through and I want to give you the playbook of how we're going to survive what we're going to do through this. Don't go away. I got a lots to cover. I'll be right back.
6: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave Adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love
7: every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. Even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com iHeart. That's lifelock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
4: All right, welcome back. You are listening to the Mark Ma show. We talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, right before our very eyes through the lens of politics, finance and technology. Of course, the technology is Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies. But today we're talking right now specifically about the financial system. And I'm taking something that you hear about all the time, inflation, and I'm breaking it down so you can understand it a little bit better. And then we're going to, I want to give you a couple examples and what we're going to do about it here. So we were talking about what inflation is. And I was just talking about how it's a deliberate policy, right? The goal is 2%. They got to 9%. What does that mean? Well, the goal is that they want to kill you slowly instead of kill you a lot. Now, to put this into actual numbers, inflation is now back down to 8.5%, okay, in the United States. That's the cost of goods and services going up by 8.5%. What does that mean to you? the average person. That means for the average person, so we have like the median income, the median expenses for the average person, it increases their monthly expenses $324. What does that mean? Well, that means that this month, it costs you $324 more per month to have the exact same quality of life that you had the month before. So what does that mean? Well, that means if you make $32 an hour, 32 bucks an hour, which I think is a pretty decent wage in the, across the United States right now. If you make 32 bucks an hour, then you have to work 10 extra hours this month to have the exact same quality of life that you had the month before. Now that's 10 hours of your life that could be spent with your wife, building a better relationship. That could be 10 hours I could spend with my kids teaching them good life lessons. That could be 10 hours I put into my health, my personal training. 10 hours I put into my education. 10 hours I could spend building a side business or a new business. That's 10 hours I could do whatever I want. That's my life. And now I have to take those 10 hours and take them away from my kids or take them away from my personal health so I can work more, so I can have the exact same quality of life I had the month before. Now, that's a, That's eight and a half percent. Now, the goal is 2%. So instead of stealing 10 hours a month, they only want to steal two or three. Of course, that adds up over time. As I said before, so you can kind of see where this goes. Now, as this happens, as inflation happens, as you continue to steal the wealth from people, everything starts to break down, it gets harder and harder to live. A perfect example, I got coffee right here in front of me. Um, in 1971, a cup of coffee was 15 cents. Today, a cup of coffee, depending on where you go, could be $4, $5. But don't you think with all the technology we had in the world, with our supply chains and our transportation and all those things, uh, agriculture, shouldn't it be cheaper to get a coffee bean from Colombia to my cup of coffee today? And the answer is, of course. The cup of coffee should have gone from $0.15 cents to 2 or $0.03. Cents. My living should, be got, should have gotten easier. I should be working less hours today to have the same quality of life not more. I should have more goods and services. I should have more time for myself and my friends and my family and have the same quality and even a better quality of life because everything should be getting cheaper. But because of inflation, we don't. And because of inflation, it's like running on a treadmill and you're going nowhere. And that's the policy. That is their goal. 2%. They want to have that. What happens after that is war. Now war always happens and actually inflation the ability to print this money and causes inflation is actually what leads to war and ultimately makes wars bigger and last longer. So um, it, the central bank, the, the first central bank, the Bank of England in the late 1600s, was actually started because England was in a war with France and they needed more money. But let's go back to a more re- recent time. Let's go to like Hitler's Germany, World War II. Now, inflation, like I said, and war are linked it's, like it's the finance that leads nations to that, and it sets the stage. So before Hitler took power, the, the German Reichsbank suspended its one-third gold reserve requirement in 1914. So the bank had to keep, um, of all the money they had, they had to keep a third of that value in gold. And so that, that, that put a limit, a cap on how much money they could artificially create, how much inflation they could create because they had that one-third goal requirement, that, that anchor. But when they suspended that, then Germany was able to inflate a lot. And they started it started getting very difficult for people to live. As a matter of fact, it got so difficult for people to live that a lot of people didn't live. And because of that, people wanted something so bad, someone to come in and fix this so bad, that Hitler was able to rise up and say, hey, I got you. I'm the Pied Piper. I'll lead you to the promised land. If it wasn't for the suspension of that gold requirement, if it wasn't for that massive inflation that that the central banks went and did, maybe, Ger- maybe Germany and Hitler never would have been anything. Maybe it would never have been a military power. Maybe Hitler never would have risen up because there would have never been that, in that uh, environment that led to him doing that. There's a great book called When Money Dies that really walks through this. Um, great book, I recommended. it. really documents um, people that were living through this, and you can understand exactly what was going on. But what's the, what are the lessons for today? Like, how do we apply these lessons for today? Well, the first thing is we have to, we have to understand um, that inflationism, the central banks wanting to increase the money supply um, affects us as people. Okay, as they shift us from producers to consumers, as they increase the price of living, the cost of goods, they're stealing our life. It's, and we have to understand what it is. It's criminal theft from future generations and from savers. I've saved $100,000, but now it only buys me $50,000 of good. They stole my value of my savings, and they stole the value of my money for my future generations, my kids. All right, so we have to understand it for what it is. We have to call them out. We have to understand that no amount of monetary or fiscal engineering, there's no jiggering of the economy, the central banks, or the, or the, or the treasury can do that can take the place of capital accumulation and higher productivity. You have to know that we don't want money. Hmm. And you're like, what do you mean, Mark? Of course I want money. I want lots of money. No, you don't. What you want is you want the things that that money will buy you, right? I want to take my wife out to dinner. I want to take my kids on a vacation. I want a steak tonight for dinner. I want a new car. You don't want the money. What you want is the things money buys you because wealth is not money. Wealth is the goods and services. We need a productive society to get those goods and services. So, there's no amount of monetary expansion or financial jiggering that can create more wealth. What creates more wealth is when we save the money and use it to be more productive, to make more goods and services more efficiently at lower prices. So the quality of life goes up and not down. We need more money uh, or we, more money and credit is no substitute for better and cheaper Goods and services. If my goods and services get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, that makes my life easier and easier and easier. That's what I want. I want the co- the, my, my, uh, my level of living, I want it to go up. But that's not what the central bankers want. The central bankers want it to go down. And this is their policy. They want, in the United States, the Federal Reserve targets 2%. Okay? It's deliberate. It's intentional. Now, their goal was to get to 2%. They got to 9%. Uh, but, um, and, and and like I said, this has massive societal impacts. Now, n- since 1971, when they got off the gold standard, we've seen this explode through society. So since 1971, the obesity rate has gone through the roof because they have they've had to figure out how to make food cheaper to offset that inflation. And so now our food quality has gone down. Um, we have... Uh, We've had Americans become a nation of dual working couples. One person in the family used to be able to work. Now two people have to work, and you still can't have the American dream. Uh, The divorce rate has skyrocketed. Why? The number one cause of divorce is arguing over money. And so you can see how it tears the very fabric of society. Now, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. Today, we're talking about how the financial system is breaking down. And I was giving it to you at a first principles level. So every time you hear this policy from the central bankers and the government about inflation, you can understand what's going on. I want to talk about the playbook of what I expect is going to come next and what I'm doing about it, what I'm going to do about it, what you should do about it if you want to keep your head above water, and not fall behind as the government continues to steal your money through inflation. So i got a whole lot more to cover when I come back. You don't want to miss this part. Uh, I'll be right back. Don't go away.
6: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave Adventure? Explore a-
9: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Ma Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing and looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Today, we're talking about the finance piece specifically. But I guess it's political as well. It's uh, politically uh, motivated to increase the money supply. And then when you increase the money supply, it affects the uh, financial markets. And then um, that creates a massive problem. And then technology comes along to solve the problem. So they're all connected. But today we're talking about the finance side specifically. And we're talking about inflation, a word you hear all the time, but is really misunderstood. So hopefully you understand that a little bit better. Now, if you missed out on that, I'm not going to recap it. But don't worry, you can catch it on the podcast, just search Mark Moss podcast on any of your favorite players. Um, Or I also put them on YouTube, you can find them on YouTube. Um, Just search market disruptors on YouTube, and you'll find all these and you can watch me on video at the same time as I'm talking. Now, um, now that we've kind of set up inflation and what causes it, let's talk about where this could go where I think it's most likely to go and what I'm doing to survive this. So the first thing you have to understand, uh, as we've made the case is that inflation is deliberate. Uh, the government, the Federal Reserve, the central banks want inflation. They want to increase the money supply. Um, but also, it. there's no other way. So there's no other option at this point. At, at, at some point, you know, 50 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, they could have reversed course, but we're at the point of no return anymore. There's no leader that will ever become elected by saying, "Hey, we need to cut um, a bunch of spending programs and get back into um, living within our means." No one will ever win that race, and so that's never going to happen. We're going to have to continue to print more money. But it's also worse than that because right now, because of this, the prices, inflation going up, and uh, inflation going up, um, and the Federal Reserve and the and the Biden administration, everybody, and, and not just in the United States, even in Europe, the ECB. Um, they're all worried China, they're all worried about inflation, we have to get prices under control. Well, there's two ways to get prices under control to lower prices. One, you could add supply, or two, you could lower demand and the central banks can't add supply. Of course, as I said earlier, we don't need more money, we need more productive, we need more goods and services. So they can't they can't add more goods and services, what they can do is they can crush the demand. And that's exactly what they're doing. They've said so many, many times, Um, just search uh, Fed uh, destroying demand, and you'll find a bunch of articles on that. And so they do that by making you feel poor. If you feel poor, then you don't buy as many things. The problem with making you feel poor, because your stock, your retirement accounts went down, your house went down, is that you don't buy as many things. And when you don't buy as many things, then there's not as much tax receipts. So right now, the government spends more money than they bring in. But as they bring in less money, they're going to have to spend more money. So they're going to be spending more money to help you offset your rising gas prices, help you offset your um, solar panels on your house, help you offset all these different things. And as prices, as, as your cost of living goes up and your income and your assets go down, they're gonna have to offset that even more. Right now, uh, 100% of tax receipts that the government brings in go to cover just the very most basic expenses the government has, entitlements and treasury spending. The rest they have to borrow. So the government already has to borrow or print more money every year just to stay on, 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 on and float. Now, the problem is, is that as they crush demand, 70% of the gross domestic product of the United States comes from consumer spending. But if they bring asset prices down, you don't have any money. So then you don't spend. So then GDP goes down. The other problem is that uh, and this is a big problem is that uh, the top 10% of earners, the top 10% earners in the United States pay 70% of the taxes. Uh, how's that for paying your fair share? Right? Biden and uh, AOC, they say the rich don't pay their fair share. Well, the top 10% of earners pay 70, 69.94 to be exact. 70% of the taxes come from the top 10%. Now, why does that matter? Well, because the top 10%, they don't make their money from a W-2 getting taxed. They make most of that money through capital gains, um, you know, stock options, um, things like that. So if the asset prices come down, they are not getting that money, and then they're not paying the taxes. Well, that's a problem. 70% of the tax receipts come from them. So if the tax receipts go down, then the government has to print even more. And on top of that, um, where do they get the money? Well, they have two options. One, they could borrow it from other nations, and they used to, as a matter of fact, from 2002 to 2014— Uh, 53% of federal debt was purchased by other nations, but since 2014, only 5%. No one wants to buy U.S. debt anymore. So they have to print even more. So you see very quickly where this is going. More inflation, higher inflation. Now we have uh, plenty of examples of uh, how this works out. Zimbabwe is a good example because it happened very recently in the 2000s. And we understand it's very volatile, but we understand that while we could see things come down in the short term... The governments of the world have no choice, but to continue to inflate, they have no choice. So um, what they're going to do is they're going to try to offset that so they're going to have to continue to inflate the currency, increase the amount of currency, which is going to push prices higher. What they're going to try to do, they're already doing, they already talked about Elizabeth Warren in the United States, been talking about, Biden's been talking about it, in Europe they're talking about, is price fixing. Well, shoot, prices are going up so fast, but we have to keep printing money, which pushes the price to more. So here's what we'll do. We'll cap the prices of those goods. The problem is, uh, businesses are in business to make money, and so if they cap the price of goods to where the business can't make money anymore, then the business shuts down, which so price fixing always leads to shortages, and shortages lead to more prices going higher. That's where we're going. Uh, Zimbabwe, um, from 2014 to 2016, the markets dropped 50%. We could see another 50% drop in the S&P 500. We could. Uh, and, and actually, there's probably a pretty good chance we will. So for two years, it grinded 50% lower, then it shot up 87% I'm sorry, not 87 87 times, 87 times, because the governments were forced to capitulate and print that money. And that's what I expect to happen here. I think, you know, over the next three to 12 months, we could see the markets, the real estate markets, the stock markets continue to grind lower but then they're going to shoot higher. Now, the problem is when they shoot higher, what are you going to do? If I had a time machine, I can go back in time, and I went to Turkey five years ago. Um, In the last five years, the Turkish lira has lost 82% to the US dollar. So if I was in Turkey five years ago, I would have wanted to sell all my Turkish lira and buy dollars, and I would have done really well. Or I could have borrowed a bunch of Turkish lira to buy real estate, and I would have done even better with that leverage because just though just because your house is going up in value doesn't mean you're making money you could just barely be keeping your head above water if you bought a hundred thousand dollar home and now it's a million dollar home and you sell that million dollar home you can just go buy another million dollar home the exact same way you didn't actually get ahead all you did was keep up so you have to figure out not only how can you keep your head above water as this inflation continues to rage on but how can you stay ahead of this now um I have a, I have a playbook that I'm following, and I'm actually going to have a live event, um, and we're gonna I'm going to cover this. I got a whole bunch of charts, and I'm going to do live Q and A. If you'd like to join that, you could just check out go.onemarkmoss.com, go.onemarkmoss.com/slash plan. If you want to find out what my plan go.onemarkmoss.com slash plan and come hang out with me live on video, see all the slides I have and hear what the plan is. But we need to have a plan because we know, we don't really know what's going to happen over the next three to 12 months. Probably the markets are going to crash. We don't know how hard they're going to crash. But we know that in the next three to five years, the government has no choice but to continue to inflate the currency. It's their plan, 2%. But of course, they're going to be forced to do even more because of the problems that have broken down for you. It's inevitable, in my opinion. Um, and we have plenty of historical narratives to back that up. You've been listening to the Mark Ma Show talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is breaking apart and from a centralized place, and will swing back to a more of a decentralized world. And we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Now, this is... As we talked about today, it was mostly about finance, the governments around the world, the central banks of the world. We're talking about the BOJ in Japan, Bank of China. We're talking about the ECB, European Central Bank. We're talking about the Federal Reserve in the United States. All of these banks are in the same situation. They have no choice but to do this. And you better be prepared or you're going to get left behind. That's what I got for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. And thanks for listening.
6: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore ASL
8: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases, and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.